This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week is Justin Davis, Scoop, Sam Claiborne, T Scoop, apparently, Tina Amini. I apologize for my voice. You were doing your intro, and I was going to take a sip of tea, and I couldn't tell if I had enough time <laughs> to like drink it or not before you got back to me. Did so it burn soon, going down? Well, I decided to wait. I didn't. Yeah. I took. I was. It'd I, be great if you just like spilled it all over yourself. That would be good TV. This is no uh, tea hate. TV. Mm. Mm. We've got a great show for you this week. Clearly. We're, we're talking about some uh, some significant sales milestones that multiple consoles are reaching. We got to talk about, uh, we got to wish a happy birthday, a 30th birthday to our little Game Boy. Nice. Over there. Over there. I, I was like, in, a day. in my mind, I was trying to figure out who the little Game Boy is. <laughs> Who's the little Game Boy? The little Game Boy like, is, is all Destin? of us. <laughs> Destin because is, Justin didn't read the show notes. I just Destin is our little <laughs> Game Boy. It makes for a more dynamic conversation for me. Uh, yeah. but, but first... Tina, I believe you attended your first California Extreme. I did. It was amazing. It's part of the reason why I don't have a voice right now. Mm. But it was well worth it. I thought you were just testing out a new radio voice. We all do that occasionally. This is NPR with (laughs) Tina Amini. (laughs) NPR with Tina Amini. I don't know. This is like the first radio thing I think of. Yeah. Uh, And California Extreme is a big uh, arcade expo, arcade and pinball expo. One of the largest, on at least on the West Coast. And one of the oldest. I didn't know that until Mm. like they had a little brochure this year and I was reading it and it was like, they're 23 years old. Mm. And they're, they're so if you think about that, that's like, you know, in the mid nineties, they're like, we're going to make an arcade collection, con- you know, collector's convention. Like yeah. that's crazy. That's only cool. like, you know, a couple years, 10 years after arcades collapsed at that yeah. point. It's actually a, a giant event. I've only been one time, but I was surprised at how big it actually And they expanded. Yeah. There's two rooms. 
Two rooms. And they're big rooms. They're bigger than Sam is making it sound. Two rooms doesn't sound that big. I got to say, that's that's smaller than my house. They're really, (laughs) really big rooms. Like, I I can't believe how many games are there. There's over a thousand games. So much so that you can kind of quantify each corner of every room and say, like, no, here's the rhythm area and this is the vector based area. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, then you'll also come out of the show and talk to somebody and be like, yeah, I really like this game. Like, I never saw that game there. Yeah. Even if it was a popular game that you were looking for. You or just that game had a long it. line and I did not get to play yeah. it all the very end. Yeah, you have long lines. Oh, the lines, are, the lines are stupid this year. Yeah. They should give you a, a line cutting pass like at Disneyland. We can pay a little extra. No. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Well, a flash that, pass. That exists. Uh, <laughs> you bring, you know, more than three giant arcade machines and you get to play all Friday night, which yeah, is what I did too. Oh, yeah. So, Tina, what were some highlights? Um, let's see. I, I played a ton of stuff. Um, I really like Destruction Derby. It just happens to be on the top of my list. I think it was what a modified it? version. Death Race? Yeah. Oh, so it's, but does it still look it like, like Death a, Race? Yeah. So it, it was like a clean like Death Race. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Uh, family friendly. Mm-hmm. So it's like two two steering wheels and what do you run over? People? Yeah. You still run over people? You still run over people. <laughs> so not, but it so it's just into, Death Race. Well, no, but doesn't, isn't the animate, isn't the death animation different? It gets, um, it must cause be. it's just a, it's just a cross. Whereas you said it was like a, oh, you turn to gravestones. Yeah. I think that's all the same. So like yeah. the idea with Death Race is that it was the first game that was kind of controversial because it was like about, yep. you know, occurring points for running people over and people were like, this is teaching people to, you know, be evil, but yeah, it's yeah. so silly when you see it. It's it's actual stick figures for graphics. Yeah. Yeah. It's black and it's white. It's not the most controversial game of all time. Yeah, we'll say but that. it's two player, which is fun. Yeah, that and was it has really a little fun. And it has a steering wheel and then a gas pedal. Um, yeah, it has a gas yeah. pedal as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I really liked it because there's these like little nuances that you can totally see as a like it's the conversation of it's not a bug, it's a feature. Because if you um like if you run over someone or if you hit the guardrails, like there are two guardrails on either side. Um, it basically stops you in your place. But if you hit reverse and then quickly go back into forward, um, which is sort of a stick, uh, a lever kind of situation, um, then you can just quickly move out of it instead of like, you know, jamming on forward to begin with. So it was this little like nuanced thing that um, got me really competitive. Towards and for it, like other a game that's right from 1978 that where there weren't a lot of games out at that time, yeah, like sure. that's pretty amazing to yeah. kind of program that. Exactly. Death um, Race is I don't know if it was an insane intended, movie. <laughs> I've yeah. never yeah. seen the movie. Yeah, this is not based on that, but it's, yeah. you know, it's... Is it a totally separate thing? Title. It's a totally separate thing? Yeah. And it has, like, really cool art. And even the Demolition Derby, Destruction Derby, whatever, has mm-hmm. cool art. It's just, Derby. like, it doesn't have the big skeleton oh, yeah. on it and stuff. Yeah, it's very basic art. Oh, yeah, that's right. It doesn't... Yeah. It didn't have side art? I can't remember. No, no. not that I remember. But, um, but then there's Warlords that we played together. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, and the original Warlords? The original. And then also Star Lords, which is, yeah. um, like, a revamped version of that that was fun but more frenetic in a way that I didn't love like I felt like there was more strategy in warlords um and it was so warlords paced. it's uh, can you explain the the game uh, so you're basically protecting your castle and you have what is it around it's four your players castle? yeah it's four players you got a wall around um, you got a wall around you and it's basically pong where you're hitting in um, to other castles and trying to destroy and the corners of the screen the pong ball is going around and then you're Bouncing defending your corner and everybody's yeah. like just kind of like st- defending their castle with like a, a little paddle like pong yeah. or like breakout I, I guess is more mm-hmm. like it and then you just kind of like the other breakout bricks are other people's castles yeah. so you're just taking them down 
down. And you can strategize by trying to aim for one corner so that you're drilling down a path to their castle because the second you hit their castle, they're done. So there's a lot more strategy, I think, to Warlords. But Star Lords was fun. It was more of a like, you know, people are cheering around you because it's going really fast. And before you know it, you're like, how the hell did I just die in two rounds? Yeah, Star Lords is a brand new six-player game worked on by Mike Micah and Jeremy Williams, who are locals here who we know. And uh, they kind of made that game just for fun. It's beautiful. It's like it has a light show and like there's all these like moving lights on it. Like look up a video. It's it's really amazing. And Warlords is like a classic fun game. Mm -hmm. And it's cool to like just have like a fan project that that looks like that. So cool. This is just a neon version of it. Neon Mm -hmm. faster. I don't know why they're not why they're doing it just for fun because like Killer Queen was such a big hit and there's Mm -hmm. more and more new arcade cabinets coming out. It's what they call a big footprint, Damon. Big footprint. What, it just takes up a lot of space? I think so, yeah. I so does Zelda's have, Killer Queen. I hope. Yeah. I Hopefully they'll really have know. some custom orders or something like that. Um, right. Was Up and Down the racing game that we played? Up and Down was the game where it's like a silly little car. On it, yeah. And then and like you drive down a, a track, track, top down. Yeah, mm-hmm. You could explain it. Yeah, yeah. You're just, there's just like these diagonal zigzagging, kind of like diamond, um, diamond looking levels. Uh, and you're just jumping over other cars and barriers and whatever else. But... You, you're trying to jump over it and land right back on the track. And I could not figure out, cause we only played a few rounds, so I could not really figure it out entirely, but it was fun. It was like a silly thing. Cause you're dying every, that's a good second. example. Like it was a full arcade cabinet with it, like art up and down. And I've never heard of it before. I've, I've never heard I will of it. never yeah. see it again. You know what year it would have been? It from? was like a weird company. It was in a line of weird companies. Uh, and yeah. that one was like some, the company I've never even Forget. heard of the company. And there was like 10 other games from them there. Like some collector like went out of their way yeah. to find this, like, you know, maybe like an Italian company that made this game. It was really funny. Well, yeah, like well that t- one actually, no, that one was like Bally Midway Sega. Remember that it had the oh, three yeah, names on it? That's right. Cause you mentioned Bally that. Midway and Sega. There's weird, <laughs> there's weird parallel universe, Italian, like Italian. Like, it's a whole weird different thing. It developed on this like parallel path. It was later ported to the Atari 2600 ColecoVision uh, and the Commodore 64. Cool. But it's from 1983. Like, I like oh, well, that will probably not have never been a Cal. I don't know if I described that. It's like well such not. a weird, obscure game. Yeah, yeah. I love stuff. I don't like know that, if I've though. ever seen that or not. Cool. Yeah, we hadn't heard of and it for sure. You played Fire Truck. Yeah, Fire Truck was fun. I played I that love Zach. Fire Truck. Yeah, black and white game. Two we players. were pretty good at it. I mean, like it's it's one of those never ending things. So you're just ramp, ramping up against your own score, um, but you get into a real rhythm with it too. And uh, it, it's sort of in a weird way, it reminds me of Portal Two, just because of the co op, like the symbiotic nature of the co op that you need yeah. to have. Like you and your partner need to be um, like reflexively anticipating each other's moves and uh, compensating for one another. Like I could tell on certain turns I should go a little bit uh, like tighter so that you know Zach who was playing on the um the the trailer like a boost. yeah uh, so that he had a little bit more room uh to maneuver based on the momentum and like the speed that we were going at so it's a lot of like physics that you're kind of thinking totally about is. and and like you know anticipating how your your friend is playing and and kind of compensating for that so that was cool I love that game uh all right one or two more Okay. Um, can't spend all time on this. Oh boy. Uh, okay. Well, I really liked Attack from Mars. The pinball game. Yeah. yeah. So we played a bunch of pinball games. I also played uh, NBA Fast Break, which like I did not understand. I should well, not play and that was a linked things. pinball machine. Yep. So there's two side by side, mm-hmm. and you have like a minute and a I'd half. I'd never seen that before. It's like a whole yeah. different quarter setup. I've never seen that game. Yeah. And then you just kind of like shoot for like hoops, and the hoops are all like ramps and stuff. But it's like a full fledged pinball machine that's linked. Yeah. Very unusual to see that. I know that Sam was far more enthusiastic about uh, Atari Star Wars and Major Havoc, though. Yeah. The original Atari Star Wars. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but you got to sit in the environmental cabinet and that was broken by the time I yeah. got around. Oh no, that's a bummer. Yeah. Which feels like that was really cool. I, I feel like you're in a, like a fair ride when you're yeah. playing that. I think it's a really cool I felt cool like I was flying. Yeah. It was but, cool. but it's not like, you know, it's only the screen and you and the controller. There's yep. no like motion or anything like Afterburner had, but it feels really cool to be inside that. 
So the game that was next to that I think that I really liked that I discovered this year is called Tax Scan, which is like mm-hmm. the dumbest name. Like why you, why would you brand your like game with that? T A C T A C Scan. Yeah, I don't know what it means. It's completely stupid. Like you look see it oh. across the room. The art is dumb. Everything about it looks stupid. But uh, you're it's a Galaga's type game or a galaxy, you know, like a shooter, like Space Invaders. And uh, but you're a little squadron, and you have like nine little ships or seven little ships. And uh, as you like are taking out, and you can shoot them all at once. So they, it's like having an, uh, what is it called in Life Force or whatever? An option. An option. It's like having seven options, and they're all firing like this great little squadron. You're like, I'm kicking butt. And then they just get picked off, and it's this really loud, like, yeah. And it's really sad, and you lose them. And then you have a button that you can re- regenerate them occasionally with. And then also, sometimes you find them out in space, and you can kind of like line up with your squadron and pick them up. But whenever you find them in space, Another little ship is there to just mess you up that has like homing like lasers and you're just trying to get your new ship. And you're just like, I'm going to get my squadron back. And it just comes in, and just destroys the rest of your ships. And you lose your it's, baby ships. Yeah. yeah. And then you only like have one losing life. your children. Yeah. Yeah. And so you, those are your <laughs> and lives. And you just too. find them in space randomly again and it's fine. It, it's a vector game. So it's beautiful. <laughs> vector game. So this beautiful. was in the vector area. Yeah. The vector. The vector right. region. Mm-hmm. Vectoria. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin, would you consider taking your kids to California Stream? Oh, yeah. You totally should. I think that'd be really fun. Also, real quick, there was a vector-based version of Flapping Flappy Bird, but it was yeah. called Flapping Bird, and it was more difficult than Flappy Bird somehow. They, uh, we, uh, my daughter has been in the office a few times this summer, and she asks to play pinball a lot. We have pinball tables here. We have a few pinball tables. This episode of Game Scoop is brought to you by NordVPN. As Scoop Nation knows, your Omega Cops have been a little obsessed with a movie called Weekend at Bernie's lately. But as happens too often these days, it is difficult to find it streaming here in the U.S. That's where NordVPN comes in. With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a more enlightened region where they appreciate the comic delights of Weekend at Bernie's. And it's not just for streaming movies and shows. Switching your virtual location can allow you to save money by purchasing flights, hotels, and subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price. And you can do all this worry-free as NordVPN threat protection features protect you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. Best of all, NordVPN costs the price of a cup of coffee a month, and one account can be used on up to six devices. To get the best discount on your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash gamescoop. Our link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com slash gamescoop. One in five Americans has learned a new language on their bucket list, or life backlog, if you will. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Upgrade your personal skill set in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Its tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. I have a trip to Mexico coming up, so I've been using Babbel to brush up on my Spanish. The courses are short and sweet, so I can do one whenever I have a few minutes to spare. And the words and phrases it teaches you are designed for practical, real-world use, like ordering at a restaurant or asking for directions. Babbel can even provide you feedback on your pronunciation with its speech recognition tech. And it's not just for Spanish. Babbel includes 14 different language courses, each backed by a 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for Scoop Nation. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, only for our listeners, at babbel.com gamescoop. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com gamescoop, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com gamescoop. Rules and restrictions may apply. Um, all right, let's move on and get to some of the news of the week. 
The PlayStation 4 has uh, passed a significant sales milestone. It's over 100 million units sold. Amazing. Not, not only is that a nice uh, triple-digit number, but it's currently, it's in like the upper echelon now of the highest-selling consoles of all time. And it's less than 3 million units away from, oh, from leapfrogging both the Wii and the original PlayStation. That's the mind-boggling thing to me. Is like, I mean, PlayStation, whatever, like worked, you know, twenty-five years after that now. But uh, the Wii was like a very, very big pop cultural moment pretty recently. Yeah, and it exploded, and every everybody seemed to have one. And I don't feel that way about the PlayStation Four. Like it doesn't. I, I clearly like the family situation with Wii was like this additional, like you know, yeah. par- parents and grandparents buying yeah. that was like an additional crowd that was buying it. But PlayStation's just going to people that play video games. The so. Wii, the Wii has such a reputation for like expanding the f- horizons of like yeah. who plays mm-hmm. video games as a game console, <clears throat> and all these grandmas have Wiis. My, you know, my mom has a Wii. Like, yeah. but the PS4 doesn't have that reputation, and it's going to end up selling more. Mm-hmm. Well, weirdly, I suppose anecdotally, when the Xbox One and um, PS4 came out, like I, I used to be more of an Xbox player, and I sort of shifted over, and I think all my friends did too. And so, just for my personal group and bubble, uh, we all just kind of decided collectively, like we were just going to be PlayStation Four gamers. They definitely point. took like the number of core gamers and console core gamers is only increasing, um, and so that works to the PS4's benefit. Like, there's more people interested in owning game consoles than there was in the Wii times. And I think you're right that uh, the PS4 just took, it just ate Xbox's lunch, right? So from a sales perspective, what used to be maybe a little bit more split, the PS4 kind of ran away with it. Yeah. Do you guys know the number one best-selling? PlayStation 4 is now six on the list out of 15. Yeah. Well, if you're looking at our list, we include um, handheld consoles in there too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But do you know the Um, number one? Well, uh, the number one of all time is PS2. And I think that's probably... Never going to be beat. Was, well, the PS2 was $99, you know, it was super cheap for like a long time. Yeah. So, uh, it's and like, it was the DVD player too that everybody yep. wanted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like 155 um, million. What was the, uh, what was the highest selling handheld? Was it Nintendo DS? It was DS. just the DS, huh? Mm-hmm. And it was like 134 million or something. Mm-hmm. And then Game Boy, Game Boy Color, which is relevant to other yeah. things yeah. we were talking yeah. about. I think the, uh, the PS4 stat probably has this asterisk against it along yes. with Xbox one that, uh, there's PS4 pro and there Xbox one X. So, um, you know, they get to count like there's two PS4 households and they get to count those consoles twice in their hundred million figure. So yeah. in terms of like household adoption, like that's not a stat we can get at, but PS4 is probably not as impressive as the Wii or some other consoles. Um, yeah. because people bought that console twice. Was, was There was a revised... Should we include the Wii U and the Wii's numbers? Yeah, <laughs> yeah mean, but those those minor revisions don't count. Like, <laughs> this generation of, like, the actual plussed-up consoles, like, that's yeah, a new that's true. phenomenon. That's true. We could probably combine the uh, Wii and GameCube numbers. Aww. Aww. Um, yeah, I guess I'm of a few minds uh, with that. It's like, the, the amount... the, the am- number of gamers out there is always increasing, right? So mm-hmm. I guess it would make sense that, yeah, consoles should be selling more and more. But then the, the PS2 seems like just such an anomaly in there when you look at the... It's just so far ahead of everything else. I think it's the DVD. That's it? Yeah, I mean, if we change, you know, entertainment mediums one more time, which I don't think will happen, but uh, you know, that, that would be a reason to pick up these consoles again. I mean, I don't have a 4K Blu-ray player, but I will when the next-gen consoles yeah, come out. That's a good Although point. I don't, I don't have a 4K TV yet. Yeah, my so. consoles yeah. have always been my media centers, essentially. Yeah. 
I think for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And those consoles used to, they seem to be, I, this is my anecdotal truth. I'd, I'd be curious to see the real data, but I don't feel like they're dropping in price as fast as they used to. Like mm. consoles used to sort of always be dropping in these like $50 increments, like from the moment they were announced, they're just getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper yeah. until eventually they hit this inflection point and then everybody buys one. Yeah. But the PS4 and Xbox one, like they've had really big sales, even on prime day. Like we sold a lot of cheap PS4s through IGN deals, but um, you know, they're not reaching that like, oh man, it's so cheap. I'm finally going to like, you know, like there's this whole audience of people that are, are, you know, open to buying a PS4 Xbox on the cheap. And like, I don't know, man, like next gen's almost here. Yeah. And like that kind of never happened. Yeah. Like, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised like that we're at a standstill because everyone's just anticipating next gen. They'll drop. We'll probably see them like probably significant price drops this Christmas to try to like squeeze out what they can out of this gen. And then that'll probably be it. Cause then next Christmas is next gen. Yeah. Yeah, I guess the PS4 is six years old now. Yeah, it's wild. But like, how much did the NES cost when it was six years old in 91 or 92, right? Like, it wasn't yeah. $250. That may be totally yeah. wrong. Like, I, I'm really curious after the show to go look at the stats on, like, when and how quickly did consoles drop in price. But my gut check is that they're holding their price more now. Probably a good infographic in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Sony also reported that, um, or I guess over the last quarter, their software sales were 53% digital. Mm-hmm. I think that was the first time that, that makes sense. flipped over. That's just such a big deal for like Sony and then also developers to like be making that money directly instead of printing a bunch of discs. Like that's a huge, huge change. And it's probably the reason where one of the reasons we can keep games at 60 bucks. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Hoses GameStop. Hoses GameStop. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some concerns with that. I know some people really prefer to have physical discs. Oh yeah. Those copies of games. Absolutely. You can sell the games, loan the games. You always have it. Trade the yep. games. Get um, signed. They, but they also, uh, confirmed that even though they're selling all these consoles, just crossed a hundred million. They, in the last quarter, they lost 200,000 PlayStation plus subscribers. Mm. I thought that was surprising. That is surprising. Mm-hmm. Like I just, that's just something it's just auto renews and I never even think about it. But Why? What do you mean? I'm just curious. Like, I just, that's really surprising to me. Like, that they, where did those people go? Exactly. Yeah. And why did they decide it? Uh, no, this is the service think, not for me. Yeah. I think they predicted that it was because their, some of their software sales were, or third party um, was lower than they anticipated. Was that what it was? Hmm. I think they were kind of like attributing it to potentially that. And they said the rest of their year too was looking lower than they had originally predicted. Yeah. And there that might like, be the next gen effect. Well, they definitely said that overall PS4 interest has sort of like cooled off since, you know, yeah. because of the impending PS5, which is kind of a problem because it's a long ways away. Even on this show, we're like, oh, PS5 is right around the corner. It's like, not really. It's like 18 months away. So it's like they have to work harder to sustain interest in the PS4 between now and then. But, um, you know, I don't know. It's hard. Like <laughs> It's a big challenge. The online service, like, I mean, yes, there's like Call of Duty and stuff like that that people play online. There's plenty of console games that people play online, but like the big games that people are playing online right now are not exactly PS4 special games. They don't have like exclusives that people want to play. So it's like if you're going to play Fortnite, you can play on your phone. If you're going to play, you know, so many other games are on Steam, Switch, stuff like that. Like, I don't know if you need a PS4 connected online to do a bunch of gaming. That's a good point. Um, The the Sony's big games this year are uh, Days Gone and Death Stranding. Not, you know, both single player games. Mm-hmm. Paying for online is kind of a racket. Yeah, and then last year, well, we'll too, I mean, see it was about God of War. Player. God of War, Spider Man last year. I mean, like, yeah. we're not, they're not pushing yeah. big exclusive online games. And I feel weird about Death Stranding because I was, when we were at Comic Con, uh, I went to Kojima's panel and he was talking about Death Stranding and he was being so cryptic about like the multiplayer feel mm-hmm. and the strands and how they're connecting all of us. So I don't know if they're trying to tease something about multiplayer. 
That's just an aside. It's actually very unclear. Like if I, you know, I have PS plus, so I don't think about it that much. If I didn't have PS plus, would I see messages from strangers in, um, in dark souls or is that only online? Like, do you have to pay for online to get that? I cannot answer any questions about Dark Souls. <laughs> but like, no, I, what triggered get any no comment? My assumption is that Death Stranding is going to have some form of like asynchronous. Right. Like other players are impacting your game world. And you're seeing like the that. shadows of them. Maybe yeah, they impact and, your storyline. And, in and some way. you know, maybe I'm wrong. But my assumption yeah. is that you're not like sitting down and playing this game online. Yeah, I don't think it's traditional multiplayer. Yeah. Then I don't really know how like online subscription. It's just battle started. royale. It's a hundred strands versus a hundred strands. That's the big twist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's just been making a battle royale game this whole time. This whole time. Would be a Everyone's Norman Reedus. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So 100 million for PS4 and the Nintendo Switch is currently at 36.8 million. Yeah, it's kind of cooled off too. Um, you think so? It's cooled off? I don't know. Yeah. They had to scale back their, uh, only- their projection significantly. Um, you know, they had this huge, huge bullish projection for last quarter that they didn't come close to hitting. But it is, you know, 40% of what the, the PlayStation sold in two years. And six. close to the last reported numbers of Xbox One, which is about 41 million. Yeah. So, I mean, unless Xbox has sold a bunch more that they're still not telling people about. Considering it was like a, a fix for the Wii U, too. Like, yeah. it's, been, it's been doing pretty good. I mean, the Switch yeah. is a runaway. Like, yeah, to be clear, it's a smash hit. But it's like, does that console have another 70 million in unit sales yeah. ahead of it? Like, Yeah, you just got to make it yellow and attach yeah. the side yeah. controllers to it. It's not new. If only anymore. EA would like, support it more. The, the, <laughs> That's true. The new console shine. We're giving you segues here, Damon. <laughs> the two just lined up for you. Easy you're, pitches. You're, they're, they're misfires. They're early. You're, you're, you're segueing too early <laughs> segueing over justin <laughs> uh well i will say justin yeah. hates us today <laughs> it's fine just don't make fun of my tea and we're he fine doesn't have caffe- tea smells great thank you he doesn't have caffeinated tea it's, Everybody's tea it's because he didn't get the caffeine exactly uh i will <laughs> say bring your tea <laughs> no one's gonna try and mess with your tea justin <laughs> i will say the switch has a system seller this fall and i don't think the, the ps4 does pokemon in pokemon yeah yeah and obviously that pairs nicely with the light yeah which side's coming up. Um, well, well, we could mention this now. Oh. This is a little bit. Harder. I was going to say, speaking of that sweet light, uh, that switch light, we can um, I do think it's going to sell some units, but maybe not among the IGN audience so much. Cause we ran a poll on mm-hmm. IGN.com this week. Over 18,000 people voted. 91% of people were like, nah, I'm not, not interested in the switch light. Yeah. I was really taken aback by that. I don't think we've ever run a poll that has that much disparity. Mm. And everybody in the office was talking about like what colors they like best. They weren't saying they're all going to get it. Like I, I just want to point that out, but there's excitement around the colors and like what it is and stuff like that. And like, I think it is a downgrade. So it's stupid to buy one, yep. but I bought one. <laughs> no, I feel the same. <laughs> Gotta well, keep up with the trend. You're also a collector. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, the yeah, I got the really one that was cool. like, I like the that, that console, I like, the like the you know the lines of it and the color schemes, like it seems really great, but like you know it is a crappier, cheaper switch. Like <laughs> they had to find a way to make that console a hundred dollars cheaper, so they took away features and functions, and that is you know really exciting and a perfect fit for a certain segment of our audience, but like not us. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, it's not really for us. I was surprised to see that the um, the opinion on the yellow switch is beginning to come around to the right side, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is that yellow is the best. Uh, turquoise is yeah. the Thoughts superior the color. Yeah, typical. Figures. I have nothing against yellow. I just wouldn't pick it myself. I'd, I'm probably more of a... That was so, um, you know, such a good PR way of saying it. like it. I think there was, a, there was a, a lot of discussion, even in our comments about the colors and stuff. And like, I don't think anybody is, you know, super excited about the color schemes in general. As long as you don't it's pick just, gray. They're, they're weird. The Pokemon, though, one, that one's great. The limited I still edition. think it's yeah. a little ugly. I, that's mm. one I got. 
I think it's silly. <laughs> Wait, you think it's ugly and you got it? I'm not going to use it. It's going to stay in the box. Just because it's more unique than the others? I flip it in 50 years. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> He's playing the long game. <laughs> um, Justin, you like that Mario Maker 2. Dude, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I was you playing 500 it. levels. I played, I, cl- wow. I not played, I cleared 500 levels. I'm at like, gotta be close to 600 played. I don't uh, know. I don't, yeah, it's great. But that does require online and like, yeah. you know, to come back, like I finally, um, I actually used Twitch prime. I used an IGN deal, uh, that you can get three months of Nintendo online free. Mm. And so in, you know, whatever, two months, however much I have left, I'll have to make a decision on like, is this actually something I want to pay for? But, yeah. Um, I'm not so much of like a direct online multiplayer guy, but like Mario maker Mm -hmm. as just a constant stream of amazing, creative, uh, you know, artistic, unique, free levels all the time. Like that's so worth like a cheap online subscription free. It's amazing. The game feels like a miracle. And you're, you're following makers now and that's what you recommend doing, right? (laughs) Yeah. So that's what I do is the game has, they don't explain it very well at all, but like there's a little star and if you hit the star, you can follow somebody and then it's like following somebody on any social platform as they have new stuff. It appears in a feed. And then, so every time I fire up the game, I've followed, I don't know how many, 20 or 30 makers that are making Nintendo feeling levels. They're not making like weird gimmicky, you know, gotcha stages. They're just making like really cool polished levels that feel like Nintendo would make. So every evening I just have new excellent levels to play. Do you have favorite makers? Yeah. If I follow, yeah, I do. And he's going to write an article about them. Yeah. Yeah, back to your features roots. Mm. Mm. You're on on record now. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Mario Maker 2, Nintendo reported that it sold 2.42 million units in its first three days. So it's doing well. That's not quite well enough to put it in the top 10 uh, yet. Are are we going to talk about those software sales? Because they are unbelievable. Just for Mario Maker 2? No, just Nintendo. Well, I got, I'm not sure what numbers you're, you're referring to. Oh, well, at the same time they announced the hardware sales, they announced, you know, new updated software sales where it's like, you know, I, I'm speaking from memory now, but it's like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is at like 16 million. Yeah, it's up Mario there, yeah. Odyssey is at 14 million. Zelda is now, I think, the best selling Zelda of all time. Like yeah. that console is a monster. Like even Splatoon 2 is over 9 million copies sold. Hmm. Splatoon 2. <laughs> Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I'm just like, like, I don't think people consider that game like a 9 million seller. Yeah. Yeah, That's more than a quarter of all Switch units sold. Yeah. Um, Number 10 on the top 10 uh, best selling Switch games, Mario Tennis Aces is at 2.75 million. Oh, you do have that list right there. I thought you said we weren't going to talk about it. I just have number 10. That's what what Mario Maker 2 has to. Oh. That's the threshold it has to cross to get in the top 10. Which you can play free if you have an online subscription. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Mario Wait, Tennis. Like Mario, Ten- Mario Tennis. Yeah. That's such Mario an Tennis example Tennis. of like that game came and went and it's over. It's a two and a half million seller now. Like, yeah. you know how many like high profile PS4 and Xbox games never hit that sales that's, total? That's totally true. Like the Switch is a software sales monster. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also a really good tennis game. Is it really? It's a really good tennis mm-hmm. game. Yeah. I've never played it's a Mario It's really tennis. difficult. I've talked about it on Scoop before, I think. Oh, you yeah, guys yeah. don't listen. I think we, listen. We, listen. we just prefer to talk. That's fair. Oh, Mario, just play. You can, you Mario, Mario, Mario Golf. Do you like Mario Golf? Um, I'm not much of a golf person. I'm more of a Mario it, it's Golf cute. guy. Me too. Have you, I can say you, video game golf tennis? has like very little to do with actual golf. So. Right, but that's yeah. fine. It's like that's, mini yeah, golf. Fair enough. You know, I, I think it's really fun. I don't like golf, but I really like game golf. Mm. I, I don't like tennis, but I really like Mario Tennis. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of video game versions of real life sports... That might be the first video game pool game I played. Side Pocket mm. on NES. Why would you play a pool game when you're a kid? 
I think I spent a summer at my cousin's house, and then in their stack of NES games, they had this pool game, and I would just play, you know, I would play whatever what back a, then. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I guess so. That's where I also played RBI baseball. Yeah. I don't nice. care about baseball, but I've played a lot of RBI <laughs> We baseball. are beholden to our cousin's uh, category yeah. of games. It's yeah. definitely the cousin stack. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, in the two and a half years since the Switch has been out, EA... Electronic Arts has released a bunch of games, but has only brought four games to the Switch. And those four games were two FIFAs, 18 and 19, Unravel 2, and Faye. I don't think yeah. anybody even remembers Faye. And they sort of half-assed the FIFAs, too. The FIFAs are bad. They both got fives from IGN. They kind of um, adapted them, but like not in a great yeah. way. They, get, they, like, they, they were like the last-gen versions. Like It's weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unravel 2 is good. Uh, that got good scores, but then I I don't think Faye made much of an impression on anybody. Um, and so on an investor call this week, EA's uh, Andrew Wilson, CEO, was explaining why they don't bring mini games to Switch. He says it's because their customers don't want to play their games on Switch. I don't quite buy it because they haven't really brought, a, you know, Unravel 2 is the best game they've brought to Switch. Um, anyway, their uh, data, his quote says, we have a lot of data that would suggest a great many Switch owners also want a PlayStation 4 or an Xbox One or a PC and very often to choose to play the games that we make on those platforms, even though they have a Switch. I mean, I buy into that. Yeah. What about that seems unreasonable? Well, for me, I, th- I think it's funny that they haven't tested their older games and like, you know, there's, or, there's a huge library of EA games out there that I think is silly. But then there's also like, I think Madden would be totally fine on Switch. I don't know why they wouldn't just try it. Or they could have brought Apex Legends, yeah. Anthem, CF Solitude, NH, NHL or NBA Live or Madden, EA Sports UFC 3, Burnout Paradise Remastered, Battlefield 5, A Way Out, Stars Battlefront 2, or The Sims 4. Any of those games. Yeah, Sims. Like a lot of these are like seriously like totally would work on the Switch. And I, like even this fall, I mean, Star Wars, like I would, I would play that on the Switch. I don't care about playing that on my yeah. PlayStation 4 because of graphics. Like I just want to play a cool Metroid game. Yeah. But I think for like EA Sports, considering like maybe more of what the demographic would be where it's a little bit more mainstream, people already have their home consoles. They might not have adapted to the Switch because it's maybe it's more niche. Maybe they don't, they don't have a family that it kind of, um, you know, attributes more of that kind of gameplay style to. So maybe they would prefer to play like on their couch with their big ass TV and whatnot. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's how I feel. I, I, I think um, I'm a huge Switch fan, but I think I'm kind of on EA's side on this one. As like well, odd as that is, like I just, you know, like I'm thinking about The Witcher 3 runs at what 540p on the switch mm-hmm. like so what are they gonna have to do to like you know jedi fallen order to get that game running on the switch like what would anthem on the switch actually be like it'd be horrible well maybe not anthem is the best choice but like at this point don't you think Star Wars battlefront 2 or apex legends could run on there i don't know i yeah. feel like a I game like so. a way out is more appropriate for this i think switch. burnout paradise yeah. remastered Agreed. could run on there. i, I think yeah. a way out is a really good match for the switch mm-hmm. a way out would have been a good switch w- yeah. a good fit um and you know sam burnout, you name dropped yeah. older games like you know skate like yeah. you know there's a library of EA content that all would, the sim games yeah would probably do do okay every sims every sim city sim city would be a really fun you know switch experience and there was always there was like a really good sim city on 3DS or DS I guess I suppose I it's a bit of the chicken or egg you know kind of argument of if they did support maybe some of their older games and did remasters or just ports maybe there would see like more of an uptick in interest on the switch but I yeah. I believe them that at their current assessment they're surmising that people would prefer to play based on numbers yeah. on their home consoles instead I mean yeah. I, I play my switch a lot it's my most played console of this year but I'm only playing Nintendo made games on it I'm not playing. I play indies. Yeah. I see. I play most of my indies on steam. Um, this also kind of indicates to me that like, well, I mean, whatever bad decision making EA maybe have had, had in testing stuff on switch. That also seems like 
if we just talked about how like software is converting really well for the switch that like EA might not be in a great position right now, if they're saying that they're not willing to try anymore on the switch, I mean, that's messed up. Yeah. It's, it's, it's if a they're really, making really regimented thing. business decisions. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like that's they're a good not, way to put yeah, it. they don't have the room to play around. Yeah. Yeah. The experimentation is yeah. like kind of their, their drawing in and like, man, that seems to be happening with their games too. I mean, their game release schedule this year is just not as experimental. Yeah. Cause culturally, I mean, the switch is huge. Well, so but even outside there, of the numbers, there's a limited number of like, we just got done talking about how there's a hundred million PS4s out there and there's 30 some million switches out there. So will the switch end up being a more popular console than the PS4 when the dust settles 10 years from now? Like maybe, but right now in 2019, there are three times more people that can buy an EA game on PS4 than on Switch. Sure. So that part you, I get. you immediately are in a bad position if you're spending more than one-third the resources on a Switch version of a game, which mm-hmm. you'd probably have to do because um, because you can build a game once for Xbox One and PS4 and PC, but then you have to you know have some separate team working on a version that can run effectively on a Switch. So sure. it's I get tough. That. I get that. Uh, my point was just that you know they're saying they have data that says their customers don't want to play their games on Switch when... All they've done is port two bad FIFA games and yeah. two indie games. Well, that's, they don't have enough data. That's the not a great yeah. test. Yeah. Like, what are they seeing? What is Bethesda seeing that EA's not? Yeah, where like exactly. they're leaning so hard in that console and making games like Wolfenstein and Doom, you yeah. know, which arguably, like I just which, talked about how it's hard to get. What those just games. got announced this week was it Outer Worlds? Outer Worlds oh, is Outer coming Worlds to is coming to Switch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, I think that game is unoptimized on PC, so I'm a little worried about the Switch port. Oh, but right. um, let them worry about that. <laughs> Cap- Capcom is having lots of success bringing its sort of library games to new platforms, including the Switch, all of its Resident Evils and things mm-hmm. like that. And Monster Hunter. And Monster Hunter as well. So Though not EA in general doesn't seem to have in their DNA. Like they do ports and remakes like they did Burnout, but like it's not it's not as heavy a portion of their playbook as it is for almost anybody else right now. Like they have a library of thirty year old games, but you mm-hmm. see Activision leaning into that more with stuff like Spyro Crash. Yeah. Totally. I don't know why though. Yeah. It seems weird. <laughs> um all right, moving on. That was from Donkey Kong 94, which is very fitting because the Game Boy turned 30 years old yesterday, I guess, wow. actually here in North America. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday, Game Boy. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. We all had Game a Game Boy, Boy right? Um, I never had one. Like the actual never, original Game Boy or something? Um, my brothers would borrow it from different friends at a mm-hmm. time. That was my experience with the Game Boy. Yeah, I never, I had a Game Gear and then I had a Game Boy Advance. We had a Game I never, Gear. I never had a Game Boy. Game Gear. Yeah. Uh, I remember opening Game my Game Boy. It was in wrapping paper uh, on Christmas that I could see through, so I knew I was getting the Game Boy. It was like just slightly, and like the Game Boy box has two robot hands holding a Game Boy, mm-hmm. and I could barely make out these hands on it. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> That's adorable. Yeah. That's and then it came with Tetris, uh-huh. which was amazing. Yep. And that was one of the very few games my parents ever showed interest in because it was so popular and you know pop culturally. Uh, got into that but i remember like you know right after tetris there was this, this series of like really janky games and mario land was really janky the first mario game on it it's and playable then, today mm-hmm. on like a tv screen sure yeah and then uh, castlevania adventure which is terrible mm-hmm. and like all these you know games that got ported and then there was a wave of amazing games Super mario land and Link's awakening and then it lasts another 10 years after that oh, yeah. pokemon came like, out yeah. for the game that Boy. console was like, dead crazy. and then pokemon dropped well yeah 
Yeah, and the Game Boy Color was a Game Boy. I mean, it just played Game Boy games and added a few things to some. Like so, like that was just part of it. And then the Game Boy Advance didn't come till two thousand one. So eighty nine to two thousand one, that whole span had like not only Game Boy games, but like really intricately, like uh, the technology was really adapted, and people really knew how to program for the Game Boy by the end of that decade. Yep, in a way that no other system ever had yeah it's unbelievable how not powerful that console is mm-hmm. like the actual it, chipset itself and like what people were able to do with it it's objectively technically inferior to its competitors at the time and yet it's such a huge success yeah yeah part of the development philosophy there like made that happen because they had uh two things one was they had a stock part which was uh, lcd screens at the time were like in everything and they're like we can get these for so cheap like let's let's just make a console based on these and that was like one con- consideration and then the other was battery life and like it was like totally like we could backlight yep. this we could you know like consider colorizing it in these other ways but the like gunpei okay yokoi the inventor of the game boy uh, uh he was like so insistent on battery life because he had come out of the game and watch he developed the game and watch and those had like a tiny watch battery in them and they lasted forever years yeah, yeah. and you could just play this you're just like a watch it was just a watch you know and so he was like we got to get it close to that which is like such a weird backwards way to come about uh, like we always think like oh they took the nes and made it into a, a portable system that's not what they did at all they took a watch and made it have a bunch of cartridges <laughs> they uh that's crazy when two handhelds have gone hand to hand or uh like head to head the least powerful one with a better battery life has always won <laughs> how weird is that but it's always been nintendo right it's like the yeah. Game Boy goes up against the PSP and the DS goes up against the Vita and mm-hmm. you know it just it kept on going that way. Yep. But now they have a system with a terrible battery life. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. And no competitors. <laughs> but their uh, Pro Controller will last months and months and months whereas my PS4 that is weird. controller will last mm. a day or two. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got that light in it. <laughs> it's, yeah, true. Well, how did you get a Game Boy? I, also for Christmas, so I, I would imagine Cheat. probably uh, the that Christmas set eighty nine. Yeah. See, I didn't know it came out in the summer. I think that's really interesting yeah. that it had like this little ramp up for kids to get hyped. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think that's I always just think of that as like such a winter experience when I first got it. Yeah. There were so few games out at the time. There was like this baseball game. I think maybe a tennis game. There was only like five games at launch in the U.S. There's Alleyway. Yeah, Alleyway. And then I had like that. baseball, just tennis. Out. It's just bouncing a ball against bricks. Yeah. Baseball and tennis. And those had link. You could link to your friend's game and play those terrible, boring games with mm-hmm. your friend. I'm very fascinated by, you know, Sam, you already touched on this, like those back five years of Game Boy where it mm-hmm. just kept going. So it's like the early years of Game Boy are what most people kind of think about. But it's like that console overlapped with like Mortal Kombat and huge franchises and version of those games from the late 90s came to the Game Boy. Like, I played, I, I never owned one, but I borrowed a friend's Game Boy, and he had, like, Mortal Kombat 2 on the Game Boy. It had two buttons. Like, <laughs> I know. you can't play that Yeah, game. how are you doing any fatalities or anything? Donkey yeah. Kong Country came to Game Boy yeah. with pre-rendered polygons. Yeah, it was amazing. Just like it had on Super Nintendo. Yeah. And it w- looked great. Yeah. Um, I just think it's such a crazy story. In 1989, when the Game Boy was released, Nintendo had no competitors. <laughs> Essentially, right? Mm-hmm. Like the Sega Genesis was out, but like we have mentioned multiple times, Sonic the Hedgehog didn't arrive till two years later. And that's like when that system really took yeah. off. So and it's the like, Master System and the Turbo Graphics were just not taken off anywhere. Nintendo owns the home video game market. They have no competitors. They could just coast on the incredible success of the NES. They have the Super Nintendo coming. They've captured uh, the attention of kids at home in front of the NES, but they're like, how do we capture kids' attention when they're outside the home, away from their NES, on the playground, in the back of mom's car? They came up with the idea for the Game Boy. Mm-hmm. 
I wonder, like, it's really crystallizing for me that now this is the first time. Liquid in, crystal display, too. Mm, LCD <laughs> display. Uh, this is the first time in 30 years that Nintendo's not been, you know, a two console, like a home console and handheld console company, which the, the 3DS is still technically around. They're still going to sell, you know, I don't know, a couple million of them this year. But, like, you know, that console's time has passed, yeah. clearly. So it's like, is that it? <laughs> like, are we going to get another Game Boy? Like, I, I want them to bring the Game Boy name back. Yeah. Because that name died in 2008, I think, when the Game Boy Micro. You like what, what's so funny? Game Man. <laughs> well, I, but, but that's also funny. Like, it's just, it's just a knockoff of Walkman. Yeah. Like, Walkman mm-hmm. was, yeah. like, the most popular Walkman, brand in the 80s. Yeah. And, you know, that's where, just where it came from. And it's, like, so shameless. <laughs> it's just funny that Nintendo would have, like, gone that direction. But it does sound weird, like, out of context. Nobody says Walkman anymore. Nobody has them. And yeah. that, that's, like, a... Just like a weird thing that maybe it can be like Kleenex, like people just call things by a name. Mm -hmm. Well, they did absolutely games were called Nintendo then. Like there was no question. Some people still do that. Yeah, you want to play? You playing on your Nintendo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They should have had a Game Boy Classic. Not that they can't, but like you know, they missed the anniversary. The thirtieth anniversary would have been a pretty good time to do that. And now, like, would have been like just now would have been the time. Like, (laughs) like there's not a lot going on this summer. Well, they do have two, the Mario Maker and Fire Emblem. Yeah, true. maybe those liquid crystal displays are finally out of stock. I do want to name drop uh, Lucy O'Brien, who wrote a really sweet yeah. story um, for the 30th anniversary yesterday. So everyone should go check it out. If we do a top 100 games list here, are there Game Boy if. games ever on it? Um, well, we just yeah. had a meeting about that mm-hmm. uh, where uh, we went through a refresh of the too. list. Is it just Tetris on the last? It's just it's just Tetris in every version of Tetris. Yeah. Well, maybe la- Link's Awakening the, on the last list. Donkey Kong ninety four is ninety fourth. Oh, Donkey Kong ninety four. Yeah, that's another good example. We were, of- we were in the meeting. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of Donkey Kong, one of these uh, retro or classic gaming blogs I follow, it might be Super Mario Broth. I'm not sure. Uh, they posted a they unearthed. A bulletin this week. This is dated December 11th, 1981. This is a bulletin or a memo that Nintendo distributed to arcades. It says, game Donkey Kong, subject, long gameplay time. Mm. The memo reads, some operators have reported an extremely long gameplay time on Donkey Kong for the better players. To remedy this, we have introduced a speed-up kit, which eliminates the primary strategy utilized by this level of player. The change can be summarized as follows. Presently, if a player climbs to the top of a ladder... The barrels will not come down the ladder, thus providing a safe place to wait. The speed-up kit eliminates this playing strategy, as at all times the barrels come down the ladder 70 to 80% of the time, thus removing this safe position. That's a real dick move. Yeah, arcades <laughs> are so shady, man. Like, yeah, people got no, good at their games. That's, that's only the lasting two That's from Nintendo. Yeah. Like well, but have you ever? Even pl- I've never even seen a Donkey Nintendo Kong needs there. the arcades to earn, so they buy their yeah. arcade cabinets. They, they well, maybe they just want to rush players off. So well, that's yes, they spent a lot of time talking about. Mm-hmm. They would never like they were they were walking this tightrope between they were advertising their games to players, but then having a whole separate conversation with arcade yeah. operators about how many quarters that machine could earn per hour. Like how short a gameplay session was. Yeah. Nintendo, the Vegas edition. Mm-hmm. Well, but like every, you know, it wasn't just them; it was everybody, right? Like they took that's clocks how, out of arcade machines. Yeah, that's how. Out of that's how the industry worked, and like, <laughs> and that's why the fighting game was like the perfect invention because, like, yeah. in other games, if you had a short, you know, unsatisfying play session, it felt horrible. But in yeah. a fighting game, like that short turnaround was just sort of built into the yeah. entire experience. And you're not getting beat by the machine; you're getting beat yeah. by another player. Yep. Yeah. I think the the goal was always a quarter for two minutes. 
something like that. that so if someone, got, if someone got really good at a game and could stay on it, like that was a horrible <laughs> operator. So that's a version of Donkey Kong that I've never played where you can like pause on the ladders and like chill, like in a safe space. I mean, it's 81, so they fixed it pretty early, right? Yeah, and the whole point of Donkey Kong is that, you know, the score counts down at the top. So it's like you need to get to the top fast. So you can't just hang out. Like you'll, you'll die eventually and you won't get any score. So there's, there's, so, but think about it this way Shigeru Miyamoto, you know, the, the world's greatest game designer, uh, intended us to play that game a different way than we've ever played it. And I think that's a little messed up that we've never, because of this like, quarter situation, we've never actually played the way he intended, which is really a lot more su- uh, accessible. Uh, I, I think like that first level of Donkey Kong sucks if you've never played Donkey Kong before. It's awful. It's so hard. And I love it now because I played it a billion times. But like I, every, I have a Donkey Kong machine. People come over and play it. They're just like, I got up the third ladder. Like, that's not fun. There's, like, different levels and things to explore in that game. You can't yeah. even beat the first damn level. That's stupid. I bet I bet the fires could always go up and down the ladder on the, the ziggurat level, the pyramid level, though. Yeah. I wonder, but, like, it's also possible that that safe space was unintended, just like the Pac-Man one. Yeah. But it's on the ladders. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of them. There is a Pac-Man safe space. Uh, I just thought when I was a kid playing Donkey Kong, the level of detail and the fact that the barrels that Donkey Kong would, would throw, if they made it to the bottom, they'd catch fire and then come and chase you. That was so crazy to me. It was like, I can't believe the game like thinks about even thought to do that. The game is sentient. Yeah. <laughs> Let's check in with listeners. Hey, listeners. Listeners, remember you can always reach us at the email address gamesgoop at IGN.com, just like Ernie in Dallas, Texas did. He says, I'm an avid gamer with a a 40-hour-a-week job. I still manage to play at least 18 hours of video games during the weekdays and 17 hours on the weekend, 35 hours in total. That's very odd. Okay. (laughs) He's specific. Yeah. Uh, Anywho, I usually take a week-long staycation once a year. The prior week to my staycation, I choice one game that I always want to experience and beat that has been on my backlog for a long time. I plan to play it for 60 hours. I never can do it. I can never hit that 60-hour mark and finish the game or even come close. Usually, I only get about 15 to 24 hours into the game and wait till my next staycation to play it again. (laughs) This year, I thought I had the perfect plan. I will wake up at 7 o'clock a.m. and get ready to play from 8 to 5 p.m. like my normal job hours and go to sleep at my usual time. It still doesn't work. I only got 26 hours in. My question is, how do you do it? How do you play 40 hours in five days? Do you have any tips, tricks, or secrets besides playing a better game? Yeah, I mean, be shorter game. Be on a deadline where you have no choice. Yeah, have Dan Stapleton as your editor. Don't yeah. sleep. Yeah. Yeah, don't I mean, I don't, do I don't think there's a secret to that. In, think, you know, in the words of Nike, just do it, mm-hmm. Ernie. We've all been on long projects. Tina was just on a really long review project, oh boy. and it just it is life consuming. It's mm-hmm. just like that. It, it, it's absolutely like it's not fun sometimes, and uh, it's just that's how it is. Yeah, but if you're not like on a deadline specific thing, and you're just playing for fun, and you want to finish the game, like there's it just adds too much weight and stress and pressure. And I feel like it takes away from your enjoyment. How was your Red Dead 2 playthrough? Um, well, actually like that one was enjoyable because I've been waiting for that game for so long and I was so excited about it and I was enjoying every minute of it. So I would have wanted to stay home every night for a week, which is what I did. But you uh, got through it so fast. Yeah. It was like from when I got it to when we did the spoiler cast, it was about a week, maybe. Mm-hmm. A full That's week. crazy. But we do have like the spoiler cast was her deadline, right? So it's like for our jobs, we do have that exact thing. It's like if we're reviewing a game, we don't have a lot of time with it. You go home for that weekend and you just do that and you just play like all day and all night. But you know, you're also writing notes and actually, you know, 
critically thinking about the thing. I think that makes it just a little bit different of an experience playing for fun. For fun, like I definitely have games that I don't want to do anything but play that game, but they're far between. They're not like, it's not happening as much as I'd like it to. I think for Red Dead, I probably would have just like, if I didn't have that spoiler cast deadline, I probably would have like been fishing more and talked to people more and done more side quests. I still did a healthy amount because I wanted to get a good scope of the range of that game. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would have done a lot more like uh, spending time on those lesser uh, core elements of the game. Now, I, mean, I played for a month and I played like all as much time as I could. And it really drew me in. It was my favorite game that year, but like you were done in a week and a half or something. Yeah. Right? I think so. you definitely saw more than I did. Mm. I think, um, I think there's a certain special few games that just haunt your waking hours and <laughs> that you cannot wait to get back to. Yeah. Them. I love yeah. the page turners. Yeah. It's been all, yeah. And it's I was read a, that too. Yeah. And that's not a reflection of like, there's games that I love, but I don't feel that compulsion to mm-hmm. like, this is yeah. the only thing I want to do. Like I'm more content to sort of take them in more bite-sized snacks, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, same as there's television shows I love that I don't necessarily feel compelled to binge. Um, for me, it was actually final fantasy 15. That was the last one? Yeah. Hmm. And it's like, that's not, I've played games that I liked more, but like that game, I was so invested in the world and couldn't get wait to get back to Noctis and Prompto and the boys. And like, I played that for like an entire weekend and like, I'd get home from work and be like, let's go. <laughs> and like, you cruise around in the car and go on, great feeling. go on adventures yeah. and take pictures. And, um, you know, that's fine. Like, that's what I would say to Ernie is just like, you know, you can't force it, man. Like, yeah. Take it at the pace that, you know, feels yeah. right for that game. I think the last game that gave me that feeling was Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been missing that feeling from this year. That's what's feeling yeah. is missing. I, I had, had it for Bloodstained oh, yeah. for, for like a, a certain part of Bloodstained. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Well, I mean, not unfortunately. I had to, I played the game for reviews. Exactly. So I, I kind of ruined game. that for you. Yeah. And I also think like it has to do with the intensity level of the game, at least for me, maybe not for everybody. And, and so for me, like God of War was my game of the year last year. Loved it. But I didn't want to, like, I could play that game for about two hours and then um, it was, you know, so action oriented that I'm like, you know, I just got to chill for a while and like, you know, come back to it the next night. So it's like, is, uh, like I have like a, I don't know if you, any of you can relate to this, but I have like a really personal uh, connection to playing games by myself on like a Saturday or Sunday morning. Mm. And like when I really like something and it's like, you know, you sleep in a little bit, but you're like, you just kind of want up and play, you can get up early and play a game. Like, I love that feeling. It's so I rare love now. Too. I love that feeling too. Uh, the one uh, in, inhibition I have about that is I cannot play a video game if like the sun is shining on my TV screen. Yeah, <laughs> even though like the blackout. Blend, if it's like a really bright day, I can't. I just can't do it. So yeah. I have to wait. Is it the guilt trip of like you should be outside right now? I have that. First of all, I don't like. I have that a little bit. I have especially in San Francisco. Yeah. But I also don't like that. I can't waste a good day. The quality of my. The screen is being diminished by the sunlight. Blackout so. curtain. So even yeah. if you have like your curtains dimmed, it's not direct reflection. You're just like, I'm not getting the full like brightness of this yep. game. Yep, yep, yep. Wow. You need that's, a, like, that's fi- uh, surprisingly neurotic of you. I like it. <laughs> I'm playing um, the Sinking City right now, and it's <laughs> sort of like this in between uh, space where like I like the story, but it's not a particularly like good looking game, or like the mechanics also aren't particularly great. It's a little bit like this is kind of insulting, but it's kind of middleware. Mm-hmm. Um, middleware. But, yeah, so I, I feel compelled by the story, but at the same time, I'm like oh, I could also go outside on a nice day instead. Mm-hmm. So it's not quite the same page turner. So I'm just taking. Do you guys ever do the wake up and play thing on weekends? Uh, well, I have absolutely. Kids. Yeah, I love. Yeah, so I you have know. a cat and a wife. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean they're asleep still. <laughs> <laughs> it's like right now. Fun. Like, no, I don't, I can't, I don't play video games when they're awake. Yeah. yeah. There are games that I'm annoyed that I have to stop at some point of the day to cook myself something to eat. And Isn't that before great? Before I get back to it. And I'm like, I'm going to just eat this really quickly. Dude, so I, can get I, back t- to I it. love that feeling too. 
But man, again, like Red Dead was the last one that was really like that for me. And that's, I, I'm starting to be a little bit sad about that. Yeah, I think that was the last one for me too. Yeah, I, I, Mario Odyssey and uh, of course Breath of the Wild were like games that I just couldn't wait to get home and play. And everybody here was playing them too, so that was really fun. Uh, all right, one Let's more. find a good game to play, everybody. <laughs> Let's find a good game to play. Maybe Borderlands 3. Oh yeah, I can't uh, wait for that one. Fire Emblem. That's going to be my page. Yeah, maybe I Fire Emblem. I, I, need to, I need to get into Fire Emblem. Mm-hmm. All right, one more email before we get to 20 questions. Oh. oh. It ends abruptly. Because that's the false happy ending in Donkey Kong. That's so cute. That's the first time. These are the first times I've ever been able to peg the game. This is Alec or Mr. Dan's. What? He says, I've been a listener for over three years. I love listening to you guys. It has made me better at analyzing video games. Anyway, I'm a middle school math and religion teacher. Odd combo. Nice. In case I have students listening, shout out from Mr. Dan's. <laughs> About three times a year, I run a Nintendo night for my students. I bring a bunch of TVs and all my Nintendo gear, including pretty much all Nintendo consoles, Amiibo, strategy guides. I organize a tournament each night, usually Mario Kart, Double Dash, or Super Smash Brothers, and give medals to the top three players. This is a really cool teacher. Yeah. While the tournament runs, kids can go to other classrooms and experience games from the NES to the Switch. The games that are most often the hits of these gatherings are the ones that allow for chaotic multiplayer gameplay with more than four people. Mm. Games such as Runbow, Stickbold, Double Dash, and the last two iterations of Smash Brothers are always hits. I love watching the kids play these. Do you have any suggestions for fun local multiplayer Nintendo consoles that feature the ability to play with more than four people? So, Mario Kart Double Dash, you can play with more than four people? I guess. Was well, I guess the because back of the cart? Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. I, I guess that's why it counts, the yeah. game, Whatever the GameCube multi-tap was called. I just, like, I just don't remember. It's been so long. You can, but you need some kind of special equipment. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, there's Splatoon that we mentioned earlier. <clears throat> More than How four many players play? is tripping mm-hmm. me up. Like, I don't really know that many. I have a few that are on Switch. Um, yeah. t- Towerfall. Is that? Mm. But that's four players, isn't you it? Six players. Oh, cool. Towerfall is uh, from the Celeste. Does Fortnite count? Developer? Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess they're talking well, local. Well, they're talking local oh, multiplayer. Yeah. Wait, yeah. the Celeste team is the Towerfall team? Yeah. Oh, I didn't like know the that. Main, like the main guy, I think. That's the main guy really... that made Towerfall also made Celeste. I had no idea that that was a through line there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam, what about the Jackbox Party Pack? Oh, oh that's a really good suggestion. I was going to suggest that. Yeah. Those and are up to eight players. Mm-hmm. Those might be a little dirty for kids. I, I well, figure it's out a bundle are. of games. I think only one of them is vulgar. Mario a little Party? Body. Um, that's how many, how many players Mario Party? There's a it's hard to think of party uh, party golf is an eight player uh, video game golf game, but you're taking turns, but still it's, I recommend Bomberman on any system, but I looked it up and there's a game called Bomberman R for switch that has six to eight players, which is cool. I don't think it's usually not fewer than six. Yeah, I know it it does. It's just like, you have to like do something. I can't remember what I was reading about it. Maybe it said like how to play with four to eight players. Five to eight. Yeah. I don't think it's a particularly great Bomberman game, but maybe a multiplayer. But there are old Bomberman games, and there's on the Wii, there was a, uh, which you can't get anymore, I guess, there was a Bomberman that was for Turbo Graphics that was 8-player that you could play on the Wii. But uh, Not the Saturn one? Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the NES and the Super NES have like a four-player adapter that you can play the games on, but all the games are bad. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so you can play Sam, Gauntlet. Sam's <laughs> suggesting Wii because it's a Nintendo night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. He but, said, yeah. but he said he says sends sets up old Nintendo systems yeah, yeah, in every room. Yeah, exactly. But I, unfortunately, if you don't already have that on your Wii, the Wii Shop is dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so my favorite of all time, more than four player game, hands down, is WarioWare. 
And mm. there's a really good GameCube WarioWare. And it's yeah, super fun. That's a good one. That's and you good hand one. the controller around so you can yeah. play with uh, multiple people. And it's it's just excellent. That was good. So even, perfect. Even the one on Wii was good. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. that I think it has two more than four-player modes in it. Yep. But they're not like exactly like mini-game playing ones. We played that a lot. We, we spent a lot of time playing WarioWare GameCube in college. Mm-hmm. There's also, I picked this one, but now that I think about it, it probably wouldn't be super fun for your students. Worms WMD, you can play six players, but that's a turn-based yeah. strategy game, so maybe that'd be a little slow. Be a long night. That I love crowd. Worms. Is Killer Queen on the Switch? <laughs> or is it still coming? I think it's still coming. coming. Out. I don't know yeah. whether it was ever released. Yeah, I think Killer Queen is still forthcoming. Mm-hmm. And that brings us to Video Game 20 Questions. Is this going to play while we play? I guess it's just a little intro. Okay. This is the title screen for Donkey Kong 94. Uh, our suggestion this week comes from Zach from Hamilton, New Jersey. Oh, we got this. And he <laughs> says, uh, this game is one of my favorite video game soundtracks. Mm. Well, oh, you we, think, that no, could have been a question we could have asked. But it's is a this hint? one of Zach's, one of Zach's favorite, favorite video game soundtracks? <laughs> it's a hint. They would say, I'm not sure. <laughs> Let the they question. would be like, actually, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let the questioning begin. Uh, does this game have um, food or drink in it? No. You're just trying to be different? It seems like Damon really knows this game. Yeah. Hint. Mm-hmm. No. He's Would you say, well, okay. Would you say Contra has food or drink in it? Right, is, that a, is that your question that you're asking as part of the game? No, no. I'm asking you as a friend. <laughs> <laughs> Contra does not have any food or drink in it, to my knowledge. Okay. You're a good friend. I try. <laughs> I, was that, is, is, I was like, is this a trick question? Because like, I don't think We so. just quoted a movie. <laughs> He's in the jungle. They movie must scoop. be drinking movie something. Scoop. Well, not on screen. Got it. It's so, so far, you know, there's no food or drink in this. <laughs> and then it good has good know. music to somebody <laughs> in New Jersey. Well, actually, there's a lot of information. Well, I think I know what that this is. Actually, oh, yeah, go for it. I think it's, is this Donkey Kong Country 2, Diddy's Conquest? Okay, hold on, settle down. <laughs> well, actually, since we know there's no food or drink in it, it's probably not an RPG game. We know that. Yeah. Right? Yeah, no items in your inventory yeah. that you don't eat the entire game because you don't know whether you should because if you eat them early on, they might be worth something else later. Yep. So you just keep them in your inventory. There's no potions in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Does that count as a Should drink? we keep yes. asking questions or should we just end it? Yeah, that's probably good. <laughs> okay. That's all the excuse we have for you. Um, is this game from before uh, the year 2000? Yes. Cool. <laughs> um, do you play as a... Mm, I don't know. I was going to try to be like unique about it, but that's not really useful. Uh, I'll just go more. Is it a platformer? No. Okay. Did it come out before 1990? No. Uh, did it come out on cartridge? Yes. Wait, what was your date question? I thought you had that. So it's between oh. 90 and 2000. Oh, okay. That's, that's five questions. What was, and what it was Sam's it's available cartridge? on cartridge. And yes. It's available. Okay. Uh, what was the question you just asked? Sorry, is it available on cartridge? And it is. Oh, and that's right. okay. That's right. And your question was what? It's it was it between came out ninety after and two thousand. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. I got caught in my hand for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, do you? Uh, I'm going to keep with the protagonist player thing. Do you play as one character? Well, as opposed to what? I don't know. As opposed to like one. yeah, like are you like a single protagonist or? I'm thinking like, yeah. Can like you choose a, your character? Is that what you're getting? Um, let's go well, with that, that one instead. But, but that's like a bigger question. Because in some games you like, you know, change per level. You change by a different. Uh, that's true. What, Maybe that was. A dumb do you question. just play as the same <laughs> character the whole game? Yes, you play as the okay, same that's character. That's all she's asking. Game. Yeah, that's kind of a dumb question. No, it's not. Go for it. Uh, did good. this game come out on the Super Nintendo? Yes. 
Great. It's not a platformer. Yeah. Um, does this game? Oh boy. Uh, is this made by a Japanese developer? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Hmm. Uh, is it part of a series? Yes. Was this game made by Nintendo? No. That's 10. Do you play as a human? Yes. <laughs> he hesitated, though. Would you describe this as a role-playing game? No. Has this game... Um, I kind of want to ask, like, is it current? Like, has there been a remaster, a remake? Like, a, yeah. does port count as current? Is there a or current rendition there, of this yeah. game? That's kind of all-encompassing. Is that a cheat? Like, rendition? Or do you mean, like, a, a port or a sequel? Which, which like, It would be the opposite of a cheat. It would release? just hurt us. Well, no, because I'm, I'm trying to get out, like, has okay. there, well, I guess, yeah. You know that it's part clear. of a, a series, right? So yeah. a, a new release in the series is currently in the works. A new release in the series. So it's um, still a modern series. Uh, okay. That's actually a really good hint. Could Thank it be? You. Well, it can't be Final Fantasy related. Mana. Why not? It's too RPG. Food. We already asked about the RPG stuff. Food and drink. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's not an RPG, which is an even better. <laughs> we assume. Hmm. No, well, I was thinking no, mana, which doesn't have food and drink, but I asked mm-hmm. about RPGs. Oh, he asked. Yeah. I'm um, not keeping up today. <laughs> okay. What, at the time it was released, was this game a SNES exclusive? Yes. So Japanese made SNES exclusive, not but made not by Nintendo. Nintendo mm-hmm. Not an RPG, not a platformer. Play as a human. Play as a human. Is this a, a, a single person? A top down game? A single human. No, it is not a top down game. That's 15, which means. Boy. We already got to 15, are you sure? I'm sure. <laughs> Why did you turn it down so much? You want it louder? Yeah, I want to jam. Because it agitates me in particular. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> um, I find it very stressful and hard to think of it is, questions. Yeah, it is stressful. It's fine. We have five questions left. That is stressful. What do you, should we ask about how you kill stuff in this game? Or uh, don't play as a top-down perspective. Well, we need to know. I think we need to know genre at this point. Yeah, because it could be like a flight game or something. I don't know. Not a platformer. What's well, a Japanese RPG. series today? It could that's be in the works. I'm thinking shooter. Like not a what's top-down the, shooter? Are you thinking of one in particular? You're just thinking no. So I guess it's side-scrolling. It'd be. It's not a platformer, right? So yeah. it's like yeah. it's not an RPG, an RPG, but it's it is a console exclusive, and it's not from the top-down. It's probably no longer a console exclusive. We could ask. Mm-hmm. So it could be like. Uh, you know, I don't know, like some sort of like Battletoads-y style, like brawling game. Although many of those had selectable characters. And, yeah. Well, I, I'm stuck on this, like it's a current series still. That's mm-hmm. a good point. Like extends back to the SNES. Could be. And maybe even further. Could be some sort of racing I guess that's game. True. Yeah. Japanese made. Also, we asked if you play what as a think? human. Sometimes when we ask that and you're in a spaceship, he's like, I don't know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a con- you, there's That's an kind of what I was driving at. Of course, like, are you? Is it like a strategy game? Like, know are this you one. controlling there's... multiple groups of people or whatever? What? Uh, spaceships can be piloted by humans. I know, I know. Yeah. Is this a shooter? Yes. Okay. Oh boy. So we got four questions to figure out a which Japanese shooter, shooter this shooter is. From I'm thinking yes. R Type or Gradius Three. What is currently in the works? I've just mentioned as many as you can, so we can excuse the cheat. There, there is and ask new, if we've mentioned there is a new it yet. Gradius in the works. The, is there? Yeah, they announced. Um, yeah, I forget what it's called, like Final Gradius Two or something like that. Mm. Mm. What's the new Gradius called, Damon? I don't know. <laughs> can I Google it? Um, yeah, you Google. Well, I don't know if you're allowed to Google. Yeah, it. I don't know if I'm allowed to do that. Um, uh, here, go ahead. 
But there's food in Gradius. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I think it's Gradius three. So, um, how well, if there if it is like a, <clears throat> there is a modern version, then yeah, mm-hmm. this is it made by Konami? No. Okay. Three left. Well, Konami, <laughs> Konami makes Gradius just to make the readers clear. On that. <laughs> well, shooter could, could be first person or third person. Uh, I can't Not remember who then. makes our type, but Nintendo published it for arcades, so. Could be really? our type in the arcade. Mm-hmm. There, we also have, so other shooters include like UN Squadron and um, uh, what's it called, Darius. It would. It, I would to- if like unless there's some insane sequel to UN Squadron in the works. That's mm-hmm. like such a hot. <laughs> I'm leaning our type. Um, I don't know where to go from here though. There's other shooters and there's like weird ones that I just don't. Is I'm it not helpful know to know all. it's a spaceship shooter at this yeah, point? Yeah, for sure. Ooh. Is it a spaceship? Space? Are you in a spaceship? Yes. Is it a space? Do you? <laughs> Uh, well, uh, Do you guys know anything about our type? I don't really know that game. Yeah, I know that it's in space, but then you fight weird. It's got this weird like body horror element with these like horrific aliens, and you're usually like going inside of them in like the final stage of the game and shooting some shooting Two. some pulsing oh, heart. That's how the, those games always have a weird. Uh, yeah. Do we mention this game yet? Yes. Is what? it our type? Is that your final question? Is there a current? What are we? I guess it Probably. could be UN Squadron. You it's think not, so? It's not a new UN Squadron. And that's also not a space game. What's the other one? Darius? No. It's twin? A, Darius Twin? It's probably our type. I don't know. Or is Damon trying to say But we have two more questions. No, oh. we're out. This is it. This is it. Oh, okay. oh my gosh. I, okay. I don't know what to do. <laughs> People mainly know about our type, well, right? We can you guys only are, guess it. Is this our type? Your question is, is this the original super art? art? Super art type. What yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. I was really worried about that for a second. It is super <laughs> art type. Nice. For the I didn't even know there was a super art type. I just added super. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to add super. They're working on a sequel? They're kickstarting a new R type. Oh, oh, maybe that's yeah. what I was thinking yeah. of instead think, of yeah. Gradius. Actually. I haven't heard about it in Gradius, so I think that's what you're thinking about. Yeah. Is it called R type Final Two? I remember, I I remember it's, thinking it's, the I'm name sure it's something like that. Yeah, I'm sure it's something. Uh, Irem developed yes. uh, R type and published it on Super Nintendo, although you're right that Nintendo published the arcade version of the, of the original. There's R-type. an Nintendo arcade cabinet for R type, and it looks like a Donkey Kong cabinet. I didn't know that. That's really yeah. cool. It's weird. Yeah, those games are cool, and it's uh, Super Art Type is apparently one of Zach's favorite video game soundtracks. Hmm. Oh yeah, we forgot that clue. Maybe I'll try to. We use, messed up. I'll have to try to use. You have jam from fifteen. I didn't get any for this time, but in a future episode, I'll look it up on YouTube. We'll listen. I'll play some uh, Super Art Type. He's got to be in that space. We have fifteen minutes till this meeting. We all have to go to. <laughs> and you, ha- you <laughs> haven't true. had lunch. So. <laughs> I haven't had lunch. <laughs> Damn. All right. Please let us end this episode. You're a good friend, Damon. Them. I try. Everyone. Three quarters of us have seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and it's a really good movie. I don't even remember that line I saw last. It's day. the final line. Highly recommend. Oh, not the yeah. final line. It is right. It's not um, the, of the whole not, movie. No. Yeah. But. Oh, sorry. It's when they're saying goodbye to each other. Yeah. It's uh, a sweet line. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's all the scoops that we have for you this week. Remember, you can always reach us at the email address gamescoop at ign.com. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Tina. My name is Damon. This is IGN Gamescoop. Era.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.